This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast, a podcast of myself, Ross and Joe talk everything Milton Keynes dance. Well, gents, we just finished watching a pretty uh, eventful game, I you'd like to think, against Barnet. Uh, made hard work of it for sure. Uh, Ross, uh, how are you doing after watching that? Um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a hard watch, but the main thing <laughs> we're in the next round of the uh, Cup. Yeah, definitely. And um, as usual with uh, Sundays, unfortunately, Joe's stuck at work, um, but no worries. Uh, Jonathan, as always, has stepped up to the mark and is here to give his insights. So, Jonathan, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm say at least we won. doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, a win's a win. So on to round three and hopefully a, a plum tie of some description. Yeah, definitely. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, be a fortunate case of, well, hopefully it's a home tie, maybe because of, um, if it is, then maybe some other fans can go to it. Eh? Uh, obviously, I, I, me and uh, Jonathan are both, I believe, in tier three areas. So, uh, getting the emails of uh, your first priority tickets was a bit of a sad one, to be honest, because we can't even apply to tickets. But uh, yeah, hopefully, um, out the people that can are listening to this apply for tickets. Hopefully, you can get to the ground soon. And uh, yeah, in enjoy watching the Dons again after, well, more than enough time. So, yeah, um, literally about 30 minutes ago, we just finished watching uh, MK Dons progress to the third round of the FA Cup, uh, beating Barnet 1-0. Some stats just to roll off from the game uh, via BBC Sport, if anyone's interested in knowing our source for these. Um, So, that's 61% possession. Um, We also beat Barn in terms of shots, we had 10 to their seven. Uh, both teams had two shots on target. Uh, we had five corners to their four, and 
if you're really diving into the stats a bit more, um, they committed more fouls, 12 to our 10. Um, Ross, why don't you give us your thoughts on uh, the recently watched game against Barnet and how you felt we performed uh, the tough tough afternoon? It's a bit of a strange one with, uh, obviously, watching yesterday's performance with Chorley uh, getting the big scalp at Peterborough. And uh, I was thinking um, a massive, another banana skin in our game against Barnet. So I was just more than pleased to get through to the next round because of I'd rather us win 1-0 and it not be so great than uh, and have that, that massive scalp against us. But I think we were um, guilty of not taking our own chances. Um, Regan Paul hit the bar. I don't know how he didn't score, but that's a, uh, that's a discussion for another day. But um, yeah, I've, I felt in the final third, compared to the Eastleigh performance in the FA Cup, I felt we had a bit more going forward. Um, but I felt with obviously the rotation before the match, we, I think you can always uh, get a ju- uh, jig of how we're going to play with how many changes we've made. So I think it's a clean sheet in the bank and uh, through in the next round of the cup. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Easter game, actually, because I think up until that point of the game, that 60, 70 minute mark, it felt exactly like it in terms of, you know, we were, I mean, quote unquote dominating the game in terms of having the ball and, you know, limiting their chances quite well. But we weren't putting it in the back of our, their net, I should say, sorry. Um, and obviously it took the, the likes of, you know, Fraser and Jerome to come on to, you know, find that one little clever flick into the back of their net. And ultimately, yeah, you you know, it we took that chance like today we didn't and doing you didn't do it in the East League games. So and yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't a thrilling performance. It wasn't a maybe a more dominant performance that we'd like to have seen. But end of the day, as you said, Ross are in the hat for the third round and potentially a big game at home, which uh could be a great watch for the fans that can go to it. It had a very um, cut tie to it though, didn't it? Oh yeah, like they to be honest, I thought they were worse than Eastley in terms of the chances they created, but um, yeah, it was pretty much, you know, just trying to limit us rather than actually play their own game. And uh, I'll, be, I'll be surprised if Martin hasn't mentioned that in his post-match presser, which I'm sure he's done by now. Um, Jonathan, why don't you give us your thoughts on how we played against Barnet this afternoon? Oh, just echo, echo the thoughts of Ross after watching uh, Chorley perform last night. I was just a bit nervous. I tweeted out after that uh, and on other social media saying that how uh, how the, how we needed to look at that Chorley game and realise that actually these non-league teams have got nothing to lose as such and that um, say just a professional job. Yeah, we had to bring on Jerome and Fraser to to get the job done, um, which possibly isn't ideal, but at least we're into the next round of the uh, next round of the cup and. Um, say if we can just get this final third clicking on we probably say this week on week pod after pod if we can get this final third clicking and actually we won't be a bad side yeah and um as we kind of said right we this game we got the flick in the last time in the FA Cup in the first round and easily we didn't um so it was just nice not to have the extra 30 minutes of you know players getting tired things like that we took care of the business in 90 minutes and 
at the end of the day, the business that we need to do has been done, maybe not the way we wanted it to happen or it's maybe expected to happen, but it's been done. So, yeah, all we can be is uh, positive from that and not really delve too much into, oh, we didn't, you know, score four goals. We probably should have scored two or three at least and things like that. So with cup games, typically uh, rotation sort of springs to mind for managers and definitely for Russell Martin today. Um, he made seven changes to the last team that played against Shrewsbury. Um, I was wondering, gents, who maybe caught your eye in terms of a particular player that maybe has a chance of getting into the league starting 11s? And um, Jonathan, we'll start with you with that. Who really caught your eye today? Well, there were there were a few people actually. There were obviously George Williams coming back in after such a, a long layoff. But I suppose you really sort of you always get a good six or seven out of ten out of, out of George. He came in, he was calm on the ball. He just slotted into that back three. And I actually thought when Lassie Sorensen came on for Jordan Houghton in the first half, uh, I thought he just he kept the the. Uh, he kept the flow of the game going. He was finding pockets of space. He was pa- passing the ball. He was he, his range of passing again. And I know a lot of our, a few of our fans say they haven't seen the best of him since I think the Coventry Cup game. He just, whether it's because he just hasn't had much game time and that, um, I, ju- I just feel it's one of his better performances for, for MK Dons. Um, maybe he had a, Maybe had a bit of frustration in him after being substituted on the on Tuesday night, but uh, yeah, I was really really impressed by uh, Lasse Sorensen. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a completely different environment for him than the Shrewsbury game, where I think Barnet, you know, from the early doors tried to put that pressure on that we've seen from like a Shrewsbury and a Hull, but ultimately just didn't have the stamina to keep up for a full ninety minutes like those other two teams did. So, yeah, that sort of allowed Lassa to, you know, be a bit more free on the ball and really embrace that pivot role, which he has done in the past for teams like Stoke, for example. And, um, yeah, I thought he did all right. Um, I think in terms of who I thought stood out personally, I really like the look of George Williams today. Um, you know, we heard from tweets from Toby Locke and you could, you could hear from the commentary how he was really commanding that back line, the rest of the team, to really like... You know, stay in shape and stay on task and keep focus and I think having a player like that who's obviously not the captain on the field because that's always going to be Lewington but be one of those like vice captains and team leaders back is such a pivotal sort of thing to have and I, I think we're talking pre-recording how you know there's a real chance that George comes back in and holds down that spot over Warren O'Hara um, Deloney from Brighton and it would be harsh on O'Hara I'd agree but it's hard to see that performance against Barnet. Admittedly, it is just Barnet, you know, a non-league team. But at the same time, if if those three are going to gel so well together, and it's it's at least worth seeing that happen potentially in the league and maybe trying it out in the next few games. Um, Ross, why don't you give us your particular player who came in today for the Barnet game that you thought stood out? Um, before we go on to my uh, opinions on who, who came in as well, but I was watching Willow and he never uses his left foot, never. And that's what, an issue which I think a lot of teams can exploit, forcing him onto his left side. And I, I don't know how we'll deal with that. We're yet to see it. But um, 
it's just a slight thing I noticed. He was forever going on his right foot and playing it down to Paul, who was never uh, using his left. Yeah, he, he. I would say that he did play fairly conservative today. I don't know whether that's because of you know his first game back in a while. He was instructed to do that. We don't really know. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a point to note, Ross. And it'll be interesting to see if that develops on as he plays a few more games for sure. And um, talking about my standouts today, I don't think it was a. I think he played against Shrewsbury, but I felt Carlton Morris had a very good game in the sense of his hold-up play, which is exceptional, I felt. Um, he was holding it, holding it down and uh, waiting for the wing-backs to uh, come into play. But I just felt like um, his link-up play with his link-up play with um, Steve Walker was a bit off today. And uh, I feel like Jerome's suits Morris's type of play. So when Jerome came on, I think um, just before Fraser crossed that ball in, it was uh, Morris who was creating all of that. So I just feel like um, I know Morris in these past recent games has um, been quite underwhelmed by our fans. I feel like we're starting to see the best of him, um, and, and I'm hoping it continues in the next few games. Yeah, I forgot the exact word that Martin used when Morris came back in after being dropped for a little while, but. I think the way to describe it was rejuvenated. And I think today, as you mentioned, Ross, he did seem like that type of player who was going to make the difference. And and he did the, the most of the game. He didn't get the goal. Maybe that was Cammy's. But, you know, he had a big part to play in everything that happened today. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Man's got a dilemma now, hasn't he, whether he keeps with Walker, who the past few games has looked a bit, you know, a bit cold. But that's going to happen with a young player who's trying to find his way still. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he goes with Jerome Morris, who we know have that partnership in the past and have shown that this season. I've got a quick question for you, lads. Yeah. In the sense of um, Dan- Daniel Harvey at that left wing-back role, um, do you think he's first choice? Over Matty? Over Matty, yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, I think for me, no. Um. I think the only reason Matty didn't play today was because, you know, Martin said how exhausted he was after the Shrewsbury game and that's why he had to come off. Um, so, you know, going into the Charlton game, which you're going to preview later on, um, you know, after about a week's rest, just, or just training rather than actual match, I feel Matty will come back in that left wing back spot and probably see Regan on the right hand side. Um, what was interesting, though, is that they switched sides at half time. So uh, Harvey went to the right wing back and Paul to the left wing back. Um, not too sure what the thinking was behind that. Um, but, yeah, it's just inter- it's interesting just to note that and to see how it kind of played out. Because I don't think it was too effective from what I remember. What about you, you Jonathan? I still think it's too close to call that, that left wing-back position. I mean, you've, you've technically, potentially, even got Ben Gladwin. It's not really sort of... Uh, it, it is sort of too close. I'd... Because obviously Daniel Harvey's been away on international duty, he's not really had the run of games as such. So I'd like to see him get a run of games. But at the same time, whenever Sorinola's come in, or, or even Gladwin, they've uh, they've not done anything wrong. So that, that could be the the position that that could be key come uh, come Wednesday night, as to like who faces, especially if it's like Marcus Madison. It's like who 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 would you? Who would you trust against someone of the quality of 
uh, Madison if it, if he does start for Charlton on Wednesday. Yeah, it's going to be it's an interesting match. I've obviously looked into Charlton pre-recording this, and uh, they seem to change it up a lot in terms of formations and personnel. So it's really hard to read or how they're going to actually play. Um, but we'll get onto that later. Um, another quick note from the Barnet game was just how we made such hard work at that performance. Um, mentioned it briefly in the sort of introduction to the game, uh, but obviously Regan Paul had that chance in the first half, which hit the bar. I don't know how he managed to put it there. It's probably the most obscure spot he could have put it, but he, of course he did put it there. And um, you, know, you could equally say that we should have been a tune up at half time because of Steve Walker's chance also. Um, but you know, it was it was the goal was an experienced striker finish from Cami. You know, a little back heel flick, and uh, seems to be a little theme. He's back heel flicks in uh, FA Cup games at the moment. But um, yeah, as we said in the intro, we're through, and yeah, that's all that matters. We had to bring on the cavalry again, but they luckily it wasn't for an extra an extra thirty minutes this time. It's only for the twenty to thirty minutes they came on the pitch for. And yeah, I can't really say too much else apart from that. Um, Ross, did you have any other thoughts on? maybe making hard work of that performance? I think, as I said earlier, I think the changes had their part to play. I feel like um, we hadn't seen Freeman. I think, no, that was his, was that his second start this season? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, certain individuals, especially like him, they're not on the same wavelength as what Harvey and Paul are. So I feel, I feel like they're still trying to get on the, as I say, the same wavelength and the same game plan as one another and trying to find their strengths and weaknesses. So I feel like these cup games, yeah, they're decent um, for Russ to find out who and where his weaknesses are. I feel like that game in the first 20 minutes was just a case of not conceding early. And I think Russ, that, that really pleased Russ that we didn't concede early. But um, I felt other than that first chance, Barnett had nothing all game. So yeah, Camby came to the rescue, but um as you say, we had to bring on the uh, cavalry to rescue us once again. Yeah, and I'll I'll happily take that approach of not conceding in the first 15, 20 minutes every single game this season. If, of course, you know, we can consistently do that over a period of games because, as you meant, as you referred to on a previous podcast, that stamming stat of conceding first has uh, like, cursed us so much this season. And we're, we're by and far the worst team at doing that in the league. And it's not even close, really. So, yeah, I'm happy if they take that approach every game. And it works. We ultimately did work just today in the game. And you can't really say it didn't. So, yeah, we discussed everything regarding uh, Barnet, And now let's move on to the game in back in the league against Charlton on Wednesday. Uh, in the absence of Joe, we left uh, Ross with the duties of previewing uh, Charlton Athletic. So, Ross, take it away. Yeah, on Wednesday, we got the 75-mile uh, round trip. Uh, sorry, 75-mile trip to the Valley. Um, personally, it's one of my favourite League One stadiums. And I know uh, a few of the other MK fans will uh, enjoy this one. Fortunately, um, we're not part of the 2000 which will be in the stadium, but uh, we'll be following by I follow. Um, they currently sit in third in the League One at the moment, played 13 games. They've won eight, 
drew two and lost three. But one of them losses are against uh, Paul Burton's side this season, who scored four past them. But previously, um, yesterday, they beat Ipswich, so they more than turned um, them fortunes around. Um, as Liam said earlier, their formations, they like to switch up. And in the last game, they played 4-3-1-2 with uh, Smith and Chuck Sanike, former MK man, up top. And Jonathan Williams as their number 10. And the players I wanted to just to cover was uh, Chuck Sanike, who's been a bit of a rele- uh, revelation for them um, this season. Well, recently, sorry. And they've scored, uh, he scored five goals and got the one assist. And I feel like he's probably their danger man going forward. And P.O. and if Williams plays or Ihora and Louis have got a t- massive task on their hands because we know how physical he is. He loves to beat his man. He loves to hold it up. He can. He's a. He loves the. He's a definition of what I call the number nine. He can just do everything. And um, the other player I wanted to uh, mention was Albie Morgan, the twenty years old, who's um, got a rating on sofa score of seven point oh two, who uh, got a goal against Ipswich at the weekend, and uh, he's somewhat uh, coming a bit, little player for them. And it'll be interesting to see how we uh, go against them going forward. Yeah, thank you very much, that Ross. Uh, we can certainly end up listening off all of the different ex players that are playing for Charlton these days. Obviously, you've got Alex, uh, Alex Gilby, Chuckson EK, Forster Kasky, uh, Jonathan Williams. There's just an endless amount of uh, players there now. But yeah, there's certainly a team that. Um, I haven't worried about the opportunity I've been playing too much, maybe apart from Hull recently, but Charlton are a team that do worry me a little bit. They've just got the abundance of quality that you need in this type of league to get out of it. And of course, as you mentioned, with all the formation changes, it's quite hard to know what you're approaching. And it's that fear of the unknown, I suppose, that really kind of, well, it can get prepare you in a sense and, you know, Russ Martin and his staff forgot their workout ultimately to try and prepare for this game because they don't know who they're going to be playing and what formation they're going to come up against, etc. One interesting stat that I did see was that although Charles and a third in League One at the moment, um, just you know, sort of trying to push the top of the league, they're actually twelfth in their home games in terms of the home form. So they're actually better away from home than they are at home. So whilst we've had our away struggles in the past. Um, Charleston seemed to be pretty inconsistent at home as well. So that could be an interesting dilemma heading into this one. Um, Jonathan, why don't you give us your thoughts on the game on Wednesday night against Charlton? Well, like Ross, I've been there at least three, if not four times. It's a trip I was looking forward to for a Tuesday night because it's, cause it's pretty easy, easy um, travel. Um, I think their home form is going to improve now that they now have their 2,000 home fans um, with them. Um, I will say, though, defensively, they've been really good. I mean, in October, their goalkeeper got the Player of the Month award. I think he kept five or six clean sheets in a row or, or something like that. So defensively, they're, they're really well organised. Um, they've got uh, Jason Pierce at the back as well. He's, he's like their leader. Um, ben Purrington on the left-hand side 
really good good option there. Um, as you say, there's quite a few ex-dons that I wouldn't be surprised if at least one of them scored against us. Um, so, and then their, their, their striker options are just as probably as close to Hulls as, like, as one of the best in League One. When you've got Chuck Zanike, um Omar Bogle, who I really rated at Grimsby, and then he seems to have gone downhill, but I think Lee Bowie is starting to get the best back out of him. As well, you've got Paul Smith, who played for Wickham in League One, I think, with the last season. I think he scored against us at Adams Park as well. Um, and then, of course, you've got uh, Connor Washington, who's uh, missed Mr. Poacher. Um, so, attacking-wise, we're, we're going to struggle. Um, I'd like to point out um, Andrew Shinney, or as he was nicknamed by the Luton fans, uh, Shinniester, simply because of his uh, breaking up the play and keeping the ball ticking and um, his free kicks and his set pieces. I think key to getting a, a, any sort of result would be if if he plays is uh, keeping keeping him quiet. Um, really, um, I would like to say that I, I really respect Lee Bowyer as a manager. He, he doesn't mess about with the uh, with, with how he feels about his team, a bit like Russell Martin. Um, he, he's done remarkably well before this takeover with the limited budget and all the things that have gone on behind closed doors um, to, to, to keep them competitive and um, potentially unlucky to again to come down from a very competitive championship but as uh, as Ross said definitely Charlton and Hull are probably the two that you look at and you think this this could this is going to be one heck of a test against probably the two of the biggest sides in League One. Yeah so I think the, the physicality comparisons between Hull and Charlton are definitely accurate of course we know all about Chucks and how much of a dominant player he can be at times and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him, but I'm also not at the same time because I, also, you know, I just know how good of a player he is. And when he was here, he was definitely one of my favourite ever MK Dons players in terms of the impact he had on the game. And that lead two season, he was immense, quite frankly. And um, yes, on the last note of, of Garden Charlton, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy how players like Marcus Madison, uh, Dylan Levitt, who's a player I really liked, heading into... Uh, back end of last season and start of this season and, and obviously Alex Gilby are really struggling for game time to get into those, um, that team obviously Madison's had I think it's only two starts since he joined Levitt's about the same they've been playing in like checker trade games and Alex Gilby's been in and out of the team the whole season so if those three those three calibre players can't even get into the starting 11 it must speak volumes to the players that actually are in it so I think this could we should be treating this game as as much as as tough tough as much as uh, the whole game was and things like that and it's going to be a tough test on the road gents and um, should we go through our starting 11s um, Ross why don't you give us your predicted starting 11 for the game against Charlton I've gone with uh, Fisher back in goal and I've um, I think obviously Willow's only come back from injury so I've gone with Ohora Keo and Louis at the back. And I've gone with gone with a strange one. I've gone with Paul. I've gone with Sorinola out on that left. Only because today I felt Harvey, when he got in that final third, 
he wouldn't attack that wing and put the ball in the box. And Fraser got down that wing today, and we saw what happens when you do pull it in the box. We got a back heel, well, back heel from Jerome, um, and it created a goal. So I feel like even if you just put the ball in the box, you might not get something out of it, but you might get a deflection or lucky deflection or what. So I just feel like, sorry, Nola, um, we've mentioned Marcus Madsen. I think he'll deal a lot better with um, someone of that calibre um, if he does play um, down that left-hand side. So I've picked Soren Ola down the left. Now I've gone in the middle with Sermon, Fraser and Kasumu. I feel like Kasumu's going to be massive in this sort of game, cutting and breaking down that Charlton attack and not letting them have that fluidity and that final third as they expect in these um, recently what they've uh, achieved in these past few games. And then uh, I've gone with Morris and Jerome up top. Yeah, my lineup's actually very similar to yours, Ross. Um, so I've got the same back five in exactly the same positions. Um, I do think Matty comes straight back in for uh, Dan Harvey. Um He's only rested today because he was a bit tired after Shrewsbury, from what we understand. And um, yeah, I think he, I think he's proven why he deserves to be starting. Um, the only difference I really had was I've got Gladwin over uh, Sermon. I just feel we don't. It's it's hard to con, like kind conserve a team like Charlton. I felt we tried to do it against um, Hull, didn't really work. Um, so I'd hope that. Russ Martin and the coaching team are going to realise that and try and go for a bit more and play Fraser and Gladwin together um, and obviously have Kasimu as that pivot as you said who's going to try and break up the play a bit more and give us control of the game as much as we can um, obviously it's going to be a tough game but I'd rather see us go for it than just you know try and play his two hard midfielders again and it does not work ultimately and we lose the game uh, Jonathan why don't you take us through your predicted starting 11 for Charlton I've gone for fifth and goal like you guys. I've gone with a back three of O'Hara, Keogh and Lewington. Willow did have a good game, but as Ross said, he's only just come back. So if anything, he'd be a good option on the bench. Um, say so I still think he's got a bit of work to get in ahead of O'Hara still. Um, I've gone with Paul on the right, and I've gone. I've just gone with Harvey just because he's it, it's his more natural position on the left-hand side. Um, but as I said it, in the, early on in the podcast, it, it's going to be a real tight call between him and Sorinola, right? I think. I've gone with yeah, a midfield three of Kasumu, Sorensen and Fraser. Um, I just feel Sermon's had two games in a few days, so I don't think he's going to have going to play um, and I was impressed with Kasumu when he came on against Shrewsbury he, he helped change the game um, as you say breaking up play in that um, and I just feel I don't I don't feel he I don't feel Russell Martin quite knows who the perfect partner for, for Scott Fraser is now that um, Louis Thompson's got his injury I think that would have been that would have been the middle three throughout the season, but now he's now he's restarting again in that position. So 
it's going to that again. That's going to be a close call as to who gets that. I'd like to see Sorensen. He he might get a bit more. He might get a bit more space in this game to to play how he wants to. And then I've gone with uh, Morris and Jerome up top. I just feel Walker the past couple of games. Um, he really frustrated me against Shrewsbury. The amount of times he cut in and out. Um, as you say, he's quite young still, so he's he's going to have dips in form. Um, I just I just feel having the having the presence up top of both Morris and uh, particularly Jerome to to hold up the ball and have have runners off might be the way forward here. Um, so yeah, that was to say. I think the left back position and one of the midfield positions is going to be a very interesting pick going into to Wednesday. Yeah, and it's clear that we, um, well, particularly regarding the field position, we are different, differing opinions. Uh, so I might have to ask Joe about who he thinks is going to start so he can come to a consensus. Eh? But uh, yeah, I can't really argue with Sorensen. Um, I do feel that um, even though Ross had a midline, I think Sermon will be rested. Um, you know, he hasn't really played too much football. Obviously, he's been training with Bournemouth previous or prior to joining MK Dons, but he hasn't played too much football. Um, and he's obviously played two or three games in succession now. So um, yeah, I see I got Sorensen in terms of runners. Um, I think he's a bit more mobile than Gladwin. Um, it's yeah, so it's interesting. I think I think um, Jonathan, you might actually be right, but I think maybe my Gladwin pick is more of hope rather than uh, it actually happening. But we'll see. So, gents, we talked uh, Charlton. We talked Peter's Titan Elevens. Let's get into our predictions for how we think Wednesday night is going to go. Um, Ross, I'll start with you. What's your prediction for our trip to the Valley? Um, whoever gets the first goal wins this game. Easy. I, I just, it's so vital, their first goal. I feel like if we got it, we've got something to protect. And when we went ahead, we don't often lose games. But if we go behind, we've seen what happens and our defensive frailties are exposed. And I just feel like with this, Colton attack, they're just going to bully our back line if uh, if we keep making mistakes. So they need to be on their toes. They need to concentrate, no lapses of concentration at the back. And um, as, as as we've said earlier, if we can stop them that up front um, from taking the chances and we actually show it, we actually improve ourselves up top, we can get something out of this game. And I've gone with a uh, one-all draw. Yeah, I, I completely agree with your whoever gets the first goal is going to probably take something from the game. Um, you know, not only is it a clear dominance at the start, but we've seen with Don's games how, you know, if we score first, we tend to control the game. Um, I think that's, you know, the four times we have taken leading games, we've gone to win them uh, now this season. And if we do see first, we're obviously, we do have fight to get back into the game, but ultimately we've put ourselves at a disadvantage. Um yeah, I mean, I agree with you on one score, actually. Um, your rationale behind it was pretty solid, and I tend to agree. It's going to be a tough day for the back line, for sure, and it's Shane Willow probably won't be fit enough to start this game because I feel like he would have been vital in this one in, term, in terms of, you know, keeping the keeping everyone in check and making sure to stay on task, as, as we saw today, he is that vocal type of player. Um, but, yeah, I'll join you in your 1-1 prediction. Uh, presence as well, isn't he? Yeah, we saw. Well, we saw it today. Was it jumping 
jumping jack money pretty much uh, <laughs> going, going for the ball but uh, yeah he's just a great player, player all round and it's good to have him back uh, Jonathan why don't you round us off with your prediction for the game on Wednesday well I've gone for the full set here and I've gone for a 1-1 draw um, as, as Ross pretty much hit the nail on the head uh, probably going to be closing my eyes for the first 29 seconds after last Tuesday um, and then even if even if we go into nil nil at half time and give ourselves give ourselves a chance, that's all all we need to do to keep ourselves in the game. Um, don't make too many rush mistakes. Keep it simple. Maybe even frustrate their their fans as well as their first game back. So of course they'll be they'll be bouncing and they'll be wanting them to perform well. So it's going to be a different experience for them this season. And obviously. Um, previously playing behind closed doors, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, what sort of uh, how the mentality changes in that? Um, I just feel, unfortunately, that one of the XMK Dons players is going to score against us because that always happens. Um, I just feel one-one is probably going to be be the result we can hope for. Yeah, you know what? I think that it's the first time all three of us. Or everyone on the podcast has agreed on the score prediction, so uh, this will either go terribly wrong or terribly well. I suppose we'll find out come uh, Wednesday night. Hey, so yeah, that's um, episode seventeen finished. A uh, bit of a short one, um, but unfortunately, with these cup games, um, we don't. And of course, recording it thirty minutes after it's finished, um, we can't go into too much depth regarding uh, stats and that, as we don't have them because um, Sofa Score unfortunately don't do kinds types of FA Cup sort of analytics as we like to do um, but one th- one quick thing before we finish um, obviously in the third round drawn out of the FA Cup and we are ball number 62 so on Monday evening I believe it's starting at 10 past 7 uh, keep an eye out for ball number 62 in the FA Cup draw and uh, hopefully we get a nice home draw for well the people that can attend uh, here in tier 1 and tier 2 places to uh, go to the game and yeah enjoy it because uh, it'd be nice to Maybe one of your first games back is a big game in the FA Cup. Thank you very much for listening to episode 17 of the MP1 podcast. As usual, it would be brilliant if you could rate, review and subscribe. Um, any and all feedback is much appreciated. And we like to, you know, I really look at to add things to the podcast that you may want to see. And um, as always, come on you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.